0: I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, a breaking news edition of the podcast. Wildfires sparked by a rare summer lightning storm last weekend were exploding across the Bay Area on Wednesday. Dozens of homes, and perhaps far more, were burning and forcing tens of thousands of people to flee. It's the latest wildfire catastrophe in a state feeling the effects of climate change, And it's all being complicated now by the pandemic. Reporter Matthias Gaffney joins me now. He's been out on the fire lines for hours since the middle of the night. Matthias, thanks for coming in. Where are
1: you? I'm sitting in the parking lot of a Baptist church. It's kind of a checkpoint along Gibson Road, Gibson Valley Road in Vacaville. And it's... um, Myself and one of our photographers, Gabrielle, we kind of hightailed out of Gibson Valley Road. We were watching, talking to people who were evacuating and we could see a very bright glow and very uh, just over the ridge. um, Some smoke uh, that looked pretty intimidating to us. So we headed over here and now we're kind of in a little safer area in this church parking lot. You
0: drove out there in the middle of the night um, because homes were burning. Tell us about driving into that scene. What is it like there?
1: Yeah, so I, I arrived in Vacaville at approximately probably 3.34 a.m. And I, as I was driving on 80 towards Vacaville, you could see this orange glow in the distance get um, brighter and brighter. And and I pulled off um, at uh, the area of Pleasance Valley Road um, where I'd heard that there were homes already burning. And immediately it was thick smoke Um, as you drove down the road, you know, you had to go past roadblocks from authorities who were, um, helping people evacuate and you'd start seeing fire along the roadway. Um, it was not incredibly windy as you got closer to big fires, like the weather kind of gets created by the fire a little bit, but it wasn't as windy as I've seen it at other fires, which was a little bit reassuring. But it looked like the fire had just swept through when I got there. There was numerous structures that were completely engulfed in flames. Uh, there was out structures. This is a very rural area. So there's a lot of out structures, barns and whatnot that were also on fire. There was livestock's huddling in the corner of fields because, um, the rest of the, um, uh, the acreage had already burned. Um, there was, you could hear the whiz of gas lines. Um, you could hear the explosions of propane tanks as they're going off. I mean, it had just gone through and things were completely, um, ablaze. And yet as you'd go down this, that, uh, street, you'd also come across houses right along charred areas that somehow survived. Um, But you didn't see many firefighters fighting these fires. I think they had already um, given up on on that and then moved elsewhere because it was moving east towards kind of like the downtown proper of Vacaville. And so I think they were very concerned about that when I arrived.
0: Yeah. For people who aren't totally familiar with that area. Right. We're talking about west of Interstate 80 and west of Vacaville and east of sort of Napa Hills, Lake Berryessa. Right. Right. And what's that what's that area like? Are we talking about um, is it pretty rural there?
1: Pretty rural. Uh, everyone seems to have kind of like their own little 10 acre ranch or or farm. Um, a lot of everyone has a lot of land. There's a lot of small undulating hills um, with houses kind of at the top, which is always um, a recipe for a fire running up the hill. Um, and so, you know, you have spread out homes. It's not like a subdivision. Um, there's a little bit of that. As you get towards the downtown Vacaville area, which is where I headed to after I went on Pleasance Valley Road. And there was people there with their cars all packed up, um, ready to move out and firefighters kind of guarding that subdivision. But when I was there, um, it had kind of moved past them um, into uh, other areas.
0: And and Matias, obviously so reminiscent of other fires that you've covered in the last several years, right, where people at the last second had to had to leave their homes.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's always, uh, you know, these things happen a lot of times when they're most damaging is when they happen at night because people are asleep and they're not ready to evacuate. I saw a lot of that, you know, people getting calls from their family members in the middle of the night that there's a fire on the ridge and to evacuate. Some people said they got a knock on the door from firefighters uh, telling them to evacuate. So it's, you know, always incredibly alarming. And as, uh, and as peop, someone who's covered a number of these things, you know, you see a lot of the same hallmarks and it brings back a lot of memories. I I just, when the sun rose today and it was this blood orange color, it reminded me of last year's Kincaid fire when I was out in the Napa vineyards, seeing a similar colored sun arise after all this damage had been done.
0: So tell us what's up there. When you're driving around and you're seeing this damage, are there firefighters that are actually um, dousing the flames. Are there firefighters that are trying to save homes? Are you seeing any residents? Um, what what's up there? Is it or is it just you?
1: Yeah, no. There's there's a, a large number of firefighters. I've seen you know firefighters from down as far as like Newport Beach. Um, so there's um, a lot of firefighters. They're spread out. They're kind of um, putting out um, spot fires here and there. They're protecting houses. You'll find like rigs at various houses that are kind of near flames there to protect it. Once a house is kind of, um, partially consumed, you don't usually see a firefighter there. They have to move on to something else. There's just too much, uh, they have to triage, um, with these things. And then I saw other people protecting like on Gibson Valley road, a fire. I was there right when they were protecting the fire from crossing that road. You know, they often use these, these roads through these rural areas as as natural, you know, fire breaks. Uh, to take advantage of that, and as far as residents, I didn't see a ton of them in the morning. Um, I think a lot of them had gotten out when when I saw that fire sweep through. Now I'm seeing a lot of people um, going in and out of these checkpoints. They're they're trying to get to loved ones. They're trying to help families. Uh, Gabrielle and I came across a family um, with a the dad was standing on a roof with a hose. It was his friend, his son's friend's grandfather's place. Um, that lived like a quarter mile from them after they evacuated. They went there to try to get his camper out and they also wet, wetted down the roof of his outbuildings and his main house. And as we were there, we watched him do that. And, and then they hooked up the trailer and got out of there to evacuate. So it, it is a lot of activity up here right now, especially now that it's gone daytime. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support 5th in Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod.
0: All right. Now, I know you've been um, sort of off the grid and chasing the fire there. I just want to, to, uh, for listeners and and for you, Matthias, we've been covering a number of fires in the Bay Area Um, A lot of them started on Sunday with lightning strikes, that really unusual lightning storm. The latest, uh, there is a fire that has been heading south uh, through the Santa Cruz Mountains and toward the small community of Bonny Doon. And uh, there's also threats to homes and to people's lives in places like Sonoma County Um, and a lot of other places as well, including the Central Valley. And what Firefighters everywhere are saying as well is that because they're stretched so thin, perhaps in an unprecedented fashion, they're not really able to call for a lot of the, the backup they, they normally can. And so firefighters are working double shifts. Um, they can't do the kinds of structure protection or putting out of spot fires that they perhaps could if they had um, more resources. So, um, Matthias, I just wonder, are you noticing that lack of resources up there?
1: It's hard to say. Um I've spoken to a few firefighters who didn't seem to have any problems um with that. Uh I know I know some of the residents said that their not only did their electricity went out but their their water went out and they were speculating that maybe the firefighters were um um using that uh uh keeping that for themselves. Uh residents have also been kind of frustrated cuz they haven't seen much air support. Um I personally Saw like one helicopter since I've been up here flying really low. I may have been reconnaissance type thing. No water bucket on or anything. I haven't seen any aircraft dumping. I don't know if it's perhaps not um, enough uh, visibility um, or what, uh, but there's some residents who were saying how they're frustrated about that. But as far as firefighters, they, they seem to be enough up here. Um, they, none of them have, that I've talked to have mentioned anything about that. But it's it's really just you're putting out one fire here and then you see another one pop up and you're racing over to do that. It's, it's hard to, uh, you know, get a full handle on something like this.
0: Can you say with any certainty whether we have injuries, deaths or or a number of homes that might have been lost in this particular fire, the one that's uh, bearing down on Vacaville?
1: Well, I don't know anything about injuries uh, or deaths. Uh, I haven't heard anything or seen anything with my own eyes here. Um, as far as homes destroyed, me personally, I've visited probably more than a dozen homes that either were literally engulfed in flames or were just a remnants of a brick chimney and, and nothing else. And then those are the ones I actually stepped foot on the property or nearby. And then, you know, I, I've often been on top of these hilltop properties and seen out, and you could see other completely shells. Of, of former properties as well. So th- there seems to be a significant number of um, structures lost.
0: Wow. And, um, Matias, you were telling me a minute ago about the Santos family and, and sort of uh, what they saw when the fire came in. Um, what did they say?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in this parking lot about five cars down from them. Um, it's a husband and wife who bought their dream home two months ago on Quail Ridge, which is just off of um this uh, Gibson Valley Road that this church is on, and so they um the the wife uh she was awoken by her adult son um like around two a m who and the, the son had seen flames across uh the Ridgeway on the mountain um across from their home. their home sits atop of of a hill with views all around, and so they didn't think a ton of it at first, and then like moments later. The whole hill side was like on on fire. So they started rounding up stuff and the the father went to the highest point on their property and just saw a wall of flames. And so he ran down the hill, got stung by a hornet and and told the family we got, we're getting out of here. And they packed up the three dogs and cat and they got some important documents and they came down and they've been kind of parked here in this parking lot along with maybe, I don't know. 10 other cars of residents who are just kind of waiting it out in this little intermediary area where they still, um, outside the police checkpoint, um, trying to find out if their dream house is gonna survive this fire.
0: So they don't, they don't know what's happened to their house. Do they know it's standing at this point?
1: They have no idea. They're, they're super concerned because, um, they said the fire was, you know, just pretty close to where they were at, um, as they were, as they were driving out. And just in general, the, the, the way that their house is situated, you know, there's a, a lot of brush on the backside of the hill that they're worried about that it could go up. So, I mean, it was heart wrenching talking to them. The, the, um, his wife was, um, who's been taking Zoom classes for becoming a medical assistant while he's about to retire from the Air Force next month. Um, they thought they had their dream home here. And so she was just sobbing in her, her car with her cat sitting right next to her and, You know, there's just 10 people in this parking lot, all with like their lives that could be just changed dramatically in the next, you know, minutes or hours.
0: Well, again, it's sadly such a familiar sight. Um, You've been to so many of these fires. Thanks for taking the time. Um, Go back to work. Please be safe. I worry when you uh, when our uh, reporters are up in the field. But I really appreciate you coming on.
1: All right. Thanks for having me.
0: For all the coverage of the wildfires, go to sfchronicle.com. We have reporters in Vacaville, in Santa Cruz County, and other places writing stories about dangers of the smoke from the fires, the impact on the wine industry, the impact on workers, and many other issues. Thanks to my guest today, Matias Gaffney, one of our reporters, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.